0: you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm chatting with working mom coach, Christine Anastasia. Christine and I met several months ago now, and I knew right away that she was my people. We now do coaching work together, and honestly, I don't know where I would be without her. She makes me feel so supported and seen, and she just gets everything that I'm going through. And She helps me to design a more intentional life as a working mom, living a hectic day-to-day reality that I'm sure so many of you out there can relate to. I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. There's a lot of really juicy nuggets that I know you're just really going to appreciate. So first, here's a little bit more about Christine. Christine Anastasia is a master certified life coach and also a young working parent. She's a mom of three, Emma, who's seven, Zoe, who's four, and Alexander, who's one. Her coaching services and workshops help new and seasoned parents who are juggling work and raising a family. At their core, all parents want to be the best versions of themselves. She helps them prioritize their well-being so they can thrive. In our conversation, we talk about the specific challenges working moms are facing today, what went into Christine's business and the need to support working moms, getting creative and defining well-being for you, mindset shifts, and so much more. You guys can find Christine on her website, christineanastasia.com. You can find her on Instagram at villagecoachmama, on Facebook at Christine Anastasia Coaching. And she's also out there on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube as well. You guys, Christine is just amazing. I am so excited to share this with you. I think this is such an important message to get out there. So without further ado, here's my episode with the incredible Christine Anastasia. Enjoy. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much, Megan. I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I think um, this is going to be such a great conversation. Both of our our work is is rooted in helping working moms kind of find themselves again among the the chaos. So I can't wait to just get into it and and hear your thoughts on things. So let's start by having you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the work that you do.
1: Sure. Um, So I'm a master certified life coach for working moms. And I help overwhelmed and stressed moms that are in the messy middle of life and career. Um, I got into life coaching work um, basically, you know, at the start of the pandemic, I was laid off um, from being in a role for almost 11 years in higher education. And um, that layoff really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And it was really an invitation um, to be able to recalibrate my life and make some decisions that were going to serve my well-being and I think sort of catapult uh, into something bigger that was not just myself, but I felt that there was a, a collective change happening among working moms. And so when you know the whole world shut down and people went remote and they were in their homes, I felt almost like it was this like collective exhaustion and cry for yeah. what are we going to do with our well-being and I took this leap to um create my coaching and consulting business and I haven't looked back.
0: That's a big thing. I mean, what made you, I get the desire, I get the the fulfillment and the need to, or the, to want to work for yourself and not want to go back to that corporate world, especially when our lives just changed so quickly in front of our eyes. But how did you start that process? Like you knew what you wanted to do. You had the vision, right? But how did you know what to do? How did you know where to even start? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I feel like it's not even
1: knowing where it was going to go. Like internally, I've always felt like I was this cycle breaker within my family, a quiet cycle breaker that yeah. wanted to create change for the way I sort of struggled with how society views moms, the way they value, you know, productivity with dollar signs and, you know, how well-being and support for yourself is not really embraced. And so really in the beginning of the pandemic, when I was laid off, I used it as an opportunity to write. Like it actually started as a blog and -hmm. it was called Untethered Mother Vibes. And I just wrote basically everything that had been um, challenges and struggles and things that I really was frankly kind of mad about during my time working for someone when it was a hugely unsupportive place when I had both my, um, both my kids and my maternity leaves and, you know, I flexibility was removed. I had a really long commute into Boston. That was like an hour and a half. And I, I had postpartum anxiety and depression to the point where it was, I fell through the cracks, like a lot of women. And I struggled and it was dark and it was a yeah. period where, you know, I needed to save myself, but then I learned when the pandemic happened, this was like a bigger calling for me. It was like, you know, every woman is trying to save themselves individually because society isn't going to pick you up.
0: Yeah. There's so many things right there. So I agree with you. I am in the same exact situation, I realized during the pandemic, a very similar general concept around women and how women are still treated in this very patriarchal society that we live in. What I did through the podcast was kind of took this from the angle of money, because um, that's my experience, my professional experience. And I think that that that's important because it's something that we deal with every single day but money career all of these things are very much aligned and i think that that how we are how we view all those things is also a reflection of how we view ourselves so if you if you are getting the influences from culture and media around um, or how you grew up around you know how, coming at it from like a scarcity Mm-hmm. mindset, which I know we're going to get into in a, in a few minutes, but if you're coming at it at one, one kind of silo, that's how you're going to think about everything else too. I mean, you can't like, you can't be very, you can't be like customized around that. Right. So it's, you're going to be, you're going to come from that place of lack, no matter what it is. And it's interesting. You had said, you know, you came from like an unsupportive working environment and I, I, um, I've spent 17 years in Boston in the financial services industry, and it's a very male dominated, very male dominated industry where a lot of women, not only is there, you know, more men than women, and there's more men in kind of more senior and like leadership positions and more women in more administrative positions, but the men who are there, whether whatever role they're in, oftentimes they are not the primary caregivers, right? Their wives stay home with the kids. And that is a privilege and that is a luxury for them. And I just think that the way that women are treated in the workplace when they have kids is something that really needs to be addressed differently. And I know that culture in a firm is, is different across the board, but it can still be really really hard for a lot of women so I think again layer on the pandemic there's so many reasons why women wouldn't go back to work right
1: right right and I think like there's this other piece that sort of like I think burns inside of a lot of women because we understand the challenges of both working full-time or making the choice to stay at home that I feel that both of those roles are work and and it's work that is um you know at home, it's not seen, but yet both both moms, whether you're inside the house or out of the house, are responsible for that work. And I think that you know your mindset can get um, really clouded in terms of finding your value within where you are because yeah. society as a whole isn't nurturing that raising a children for 18 years plus is a huge part of your living life and your legacy and, and what you provide in terms of emotional, physical, um, all those different pieces that you give to your children. And so, you know, there's this piece where it's like, you know, I went from having a full-time salary And now i have a business and so i wiped out that salary but there's still that enoughness piece that comes up yeah of just like all of the money still is is gets um used up very quickly because i think that there's all these barriers that are faced just in the united states like the daycare costs even when you're working full-time Basically, wipes out people's
0: salaries. Yeah. I've actually, as a financial planner, I've actually done the math. I mean, you have to, depending, if you live in this area and if you factor in kind of the average tax rate, you do that, you do, you do the Excel calculation. I mean, you have to earn over $75,000 a year as your kind of like base salary in order to make it worth your while. And maybe, you know, depending on your, spouse, depending on what they earn. I mean, there's, there's so many different factors that come into play here, but I mean, you know, that's decent salary and some women, especially, you know, in certain industries, if you're in, um, nonprofit or in some kind of charitable work or something, you're that you're not going to make that. I mean, you right. have to have more of kind of the, the higher paying jobs. I Right. I
1: but there's also like a high cost with, you know, two two dual income families that, that are both working, making salaries to get those daycare costs paid, you know, not knowing if you have a village or people to support you, but that's a recipe for burnout. This is the yes. exact reason why I've sort of created my business because I recognize that when two people are working and there's zero buffer and there's not a whole lot of buffer financially either that's just a recipe for so much stress and overwhelm yeah and i think that you know while people in their homes might not be like talking about it from the rooftops or like in private or or whatever people don't always share about it that's just the reality
0: yeah well and i see it first personally because i've been through it i've gone through burnout myself last fall i was struggling really like big time and um and i've worked my way through it but that's because i was it was a super busy time at work my husband was having all his own kind of mental health issues and tons of anxiety and all this stuff and was not that able to really be that supportive or helpful and i i crashed and burned cuz i put myself bottom of the list and the other thing that i really wanted to mention around this is from the financial piece like so many women this is where i what i've said i mean so many women so many even moms i know don't pay attention to the money piece of it they just like oh yeah my husband handles that or i you know i don't even look at prices when i go to target or whatever it is and so they may just be like shoving it down or Mm -hmm. avoiding that piece of it but maybe you have no idea that and 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 you need some help around this like maybe mm-hmm. like we need to be more educated around it and women need to be empowered to have and take an active interest in the, the finances of the family in order to like be able to do something about it right right and i think like the other part that's
1: challenging is because the unseen and invisible work that happens within the homes while many women are working either remotely or or outside the home, it's so unseen that you feel that there's like this huge burden of trying to make it work the best you can without feeling like you can ever really get caught up. Because here I am like somebody that like, I actually feel like we're pretty mindful with our expenses and budgeting, but I know very well that like, we're in this period of like, however many years until we get out of the daycare woods that even being very conscious and very conservative about budgeting and expenses that there isn't a buffer because Mm -hmm. there's no subsidy sub like subsidized daycare or stipends that employers provide. So I do feel like no matter how you slice it, there is this like underlying, very like, it could be outward, but like anxiety that every parent is just kind of living with a baseline,
0: well, yes, absolutely. at baseline and because that goes back to the, I guess, patriarchal culture that we live in because we don't have the villages anymore. and the I guess, you know, old school expectation is that the woman is going to is the one that's taking on the caregiving responsibilities. And yet there's also responsibility for on us to earn. And how do we handle it all? And it's like that, you know, the phrase like we're expected to work like we don't have kids and we're expected to parent like we don't work. And that is just flat out unfair. And once you see that, you can't that that it's that, the culture. It's the systemic like things in place that are still there that are keeping women small. And I, I just it, it's frustrating. And we can't you know, one we're working on it, like Reshma Sajani I'm sure you know her Um, with her, yes. whole, her whole campaign to Moms First. They're, they're, we're doing work to move towards that. But in the meantime, how do we get through our everyday lives? Like we can't just sit around being angry all the time. We have to like work on how to like, how, how are, how are we going to get through the next couple of years where we need childcare and we need, we need help. How are we going to do that? Like it's, right. I've kind of had my own ways of working through this in my head. And I think there's a lot of kind of like, again, getting quiet and focusing on my priorities and my needs and my intentions and living life in alignment with that. But I'm curious your thoughts and like how you work with your clients and, and other women in around that particular area, especially when it comes to the mindset.
1: Yeah. You know, Mindset and daily habits are something that um, I do a lot of work around. And I will say that each woman's situation and family situation is completely individual to them. There are certain um, threads that I see are common among many different clients. But I think overall, what I see for at least the women that are working outside the house is they need more support from the domestic side within the household, meaning like they need like a mom pro mom person to not really babysit, just like take care of all of the housework and the laundry oh, yeah. and the meal prep and the, uh, recycling and the, you know, all this stuff that just exhausts you because it's like another job. And I think yes. that, you know, the, the invisible labor of, um, you know, that's just expected to keep your house running. It is, but it's also, um, that's all like well-being stuff. It's like how much of your tank can just be depleted out. And and honestly,
0: most people can
1: only outsource so much.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, 150 bucks a pop for the cleaners to come, right? I mean, I know I somebody, a friend of mine was telling me about another resource where they just come and do your laundry and they like mm-hmm. hold it and get it and everything. But and I'm sure there's those resources, but oh my gosh, you're paying a premium for them for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah, I will say, though, and I'd be interested to hear what you think in terms of from like the financial side. And I don't know if we've sort of completely worked through this in the pandemic, but um, I think actually the younger generation millennials are going to really like flip things around in terms of like how does well-being and like work and your life, um, how do you mix those together in a formula that actually is sustainable? Yeah. like i i do feel that you know people in their 20s are 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 thinking about this mm-hmm. you know people who are in the um the trenches 30s and 40s people with young children are in it they're grappling with it they're trying to figure out how to take care of themselves how to keep their marriages intact how to um just create well-being but it it's a long road And I think that sometimes, I don't know if this happens for your clients, but like, I also invite people to get creative around, like, maybe it's a a smaller house. Maybe it's paying down your cars. Maybe it's like reshuffling the deck of how you do expenses so that one person could go part-time or like the job situation can change, you know, creating some buffers in your life. So you're not just like constantly fried.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the what I try to emphasize with the clients that I work with is um, flexibility, opportunity. You wanna yep. be able to put yourself in a place where you, so that you don't get basically backed into a corner and mm-hmm. you, you're you forced to just do, sell your house or you're forced to do something, right? Whatever it is, you wanna be able to have options. And sure. I think that is, um, that's probably what yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think this next generation doesn't have a choice, um, because at, the, at least the kids that we're raising, we're seeing that we're see my kids are seeing me juggling everything. They're they're seeing me do my best to balance, and I'm trying to model also that you know I need to take care of of mm-hmm. myself too. I need to have space. I need to give myself like. You know, prioritize the things that make me happy or whatever. And it's beyond just like taking a shower or right. <laughs> like whatever the basic, like self-care things are that our culture tells us it's finding something that makes me happy. And it's, and that's fulfilling to me. And I think those are going to be the kids that are going to figure it out. They're going to find some kind of balance. I, I, I really like get heated about this because I worry about the future. I worry that, and I shouldn't, right. Cause I, I should focus on the here and now, but I do worry. I worry how everything is changing and just how different our lives as parents are now versus, versus our parents, right? Like it was a whole different story. You could buy a house back then for $30,000. Right. Right. I mean, now it's, people are paying a million dollars to just mm-hmm. have a not even that right. big of a house. Right. I mean, a million dollars just for the location. And maybe to, you know, have the school systems or whatever it is, it's, it's insane. And we're, we're putting ourselves in these positions where we're having so much leverage and so much debt and interest rates are rising. And it, I, I know the whole world is going to change between now and when my kids get there, but there's a lot that needs to be changed, I think, from a foundational systemic level, but I, I have hope. I have hope that there's going to be yeah. like, we're going to have to get creative around making Right,
1: this And I think like sometimes, um, you know we can't solve all the different things that are challenging but like i also you know with clients i really try to encourage like what small steps can you take today and in this month or in like the next couple months where we are working towards um you know better boundaries like better yeah. care for yourself um you know just tending to your needs in a in a in a way with support like that's why you know, coaching or therapy or like support groups, community can be so helpful because otherwise we're just, people are on the ever turning hamster wheel and like technological social media comparison, whatever it is. And that's really hard day in and day out because things are just so fast. And it's like, we don't really know how to like slow down or like really pay attention to like How are all these things that I'm doing, these choices that I'm making, like creating the life that I want. And I try to really help people see, like, it's a lot of the small stuff. It's all these little micro steps that you're taking that are going to get you towards like, hopefully an equilibrium
0: eventually. It's all the small stuff. I think, I mean, because there's no, it's funny, I literally I say this all the time. I have this book sitting on my desk right now. You're not going to take some like eat, pray, love, like giant, you know, trip that's life-changing. Like that's just not realistic in our lives right now. Right. It's just not. So it's not going to be a big thing. It's going to be the little things that like work their way through you and you develop these habits. You Mentioned a few things that I I want to touch on. So I also with my second son I went through some postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety stuff, and yeah, I was in a a bad place. I was in a place of comparison, and I struggled with breastfeeding. And I, you know, the girl down the street had a baby the same age, and she was just like flowing, and <laughs> it was just I I just felt so inadequate, and it was almost worse because it was my second child. And I kept putting this pressure on myself that I should, I should know how to do this already. I should be, I should be a pro at this by now. Cause I've been through it. I'm not a first time mom. Right. So these expectations that I put on myself, and then, you know, again, you throw in the social media and the comparison. And again, you're, you're seeing people's highlights real and, and, but yet you can't, sometimes it's hard when you are in a place when you're not in the best place yourself and you've got you're working Mm -hmm. with, you know, the anxiety and the depression and everything. And it's hard to pull yourself out of that and see the reality and all of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, because I talk about like, kind of tuning and slowing down, which we were not taught to do, by the way, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the like, just think about it. I I, growing up in the 80s and 90s, like nobody taught me to like, you know, go do yoga and like, tune in and quiet down and and Feel my feelings. It was just, nobody did that. Like it was just a different time. And so I want women to know that you're not alone. Like if your default reaction is like freaking out because you don't know how to slow down and you don't know what you want and you don't even know how to tune into yourself, like it's okay. It's totally okay because we're all in it too. And the thing too that I just wanted to add is the vulnerability piece. Like I started this podcast because I wanted to share my experiences because I know we are not alone. We are not alone when it comes to our mindsets and our thoughts and our beliefs, when it comes to money and the little things the quirky things that we think and say and do, but we're not alone in our parenting and our struggles around balancing life. You don't know that though, until you get comfortable enough with yourself in order to share it. And that's scary because you think that like, you're going to be judged. And and I, I know I went through this. I had a really hard time pressing the go button when I um, published my first episode, because I put that that was putting myself out there. And what if people don't like me? And ultimately women just want to be liked. That's what we want and we care so much, but that's a story. And that's something that we need to work through because it's keeping us small. Right?
1: No. And I, I resonate so much with, you know, just the, what you're doing and reparenting yourself. It's something that like, I, i am constantly on that road of like how am i self regulating myself so that my children can learn how to self regulate and just right. the the elements of integrating well-being so i can model that to them to not be always in martyr mode and like self-sacrifice yeah. and like giving every ounce of myself because i don't think that that's the way to have children thrive and no. to have them go into adulthood thriving um So there's like, there's so much to unpack there. And I think, you know, what I've noticed is like, whether you are working full time or you're staying at home, you're always questioning the enoughness. And I never, I I think there's so many women that struggle with like, arriving to the place where like, I'm whole, I don't need to prove I can just be who I am. And I don't have to like, whether you're coming back from maternity leave or like, five to 10 years in with your kid. Exactly who you are and the value you bring is is what's needed in the world.
0: I have to share this one story. So I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before I was having a tough week. I forget what happened, but it was like two days in a row. Like something like Monday was it was something happened. And then Tuesday I had, Oh, I think it was, yes, it was Monday. I was volunteering at, um, at my son's school because I was trying to do something nice, but I also was trying to juggle work. And just before I left, I had gotten this really frustrating email that i had to i had to work through and so that was just but i'm like oh my god i got to go right and then when i was i was gone for an hour and a half or 2 hours and when i got back i had all these emails and i was feeling super overwhelmed right and while i was there i was volunteering with a lot of other moms who don't work and this one particular mom asked me if i work and then she was like i don't know how you do it i don't know how you juggle all the activities and and i was like i don't either and i lost it and i like went and sat in my car and cried because I'm okay when I'm in it and I'm on this treadmill, but it's like, when I, when somebody says something like that to me, that's when I get pulled back and I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea how I do it either. This is unsustainable. I have no idea. Right. So that, that was a day. And then the next day I had a pretty difficult client meeting. And so I was just having like a tough time. Like she came at me with some things that I wasn't expecting in this meeting. And so It was a tough week. And then I would say, I don't know, two or three days later, I I had another call with a different client. And this client, I feel she actually... She had um, her husband passed away unexpectedly and so she's never worked and she had two, she has two girls. I have held her hand through this whole thing, figuring out everything that they own from the financial side and helping her, empowering her to, you know, think about her next steps and getting a job and what she might want to do with the house and all of this stuff. And we just developed this relationship Over the the last couple of years, and she's just a wonderful person and she's very spiritual and all this does a has a pretty consistent yoga practice. And so I was, she asked me how I was doing and I was like, I'm having a tough week. And and so I explained this, what was going on with me to her. And because I felt comfortable enough to do that. And she goes, you know what? It's funny, because you think that way about yourself, I think the world of you in a way she envies me because Her experience, she never worked. So she's like, I feel like I feel stupid. I feel inadequate. I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't. What, what, if I have to try to get a job, what job am I going to get? What am I skilled at? Right. And so it just got me thinking that like, no matter who you are or where you are, the grass isn't always greener. And we all are struggling with something that was so eye opening for me. And I just felt like it was appropriate to share. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: think that, you know, there's, you know, all, all different, phases of your life. Like you could be working full-time. You could be part-time. You could be at home. Like, you know, a loved one could have a sickness and you're out of work. Like in the end, I think that like, there's such humanness in that, like, it's hard. Like, I just think parenting and working and mixing, like all of these elements are just continually a process. And I think, you know, in, in this podcast, the, the vulnerability piece and being able to just be seen, like it's, it's very challenging working full-time and raising young kids. Like it's very messy. And, um, you know, when I started my business, there were a lot of people that I think didn't yet understand how this was going to evolve or like be birthed. And I had it all within me. I'm like, this is a, uh, I might be feeling this, but I know other people feel this. Yeah. and it just keeps evolving. And I just think that like you, you know, these stories are just like what is going to shift and evolve things for our future?
0: Let's get into that a little bit more. let's let's really talk about like the mindset around building a business for women because I, I know that there's listeners out there listen to my show, you know, that are trying to kind of get their mindset around money in a, in a healthy place because, you know, they want to live life on their terms. They want to do things that are fulfilling and and inspiring for them. And, and so where, when you work with your clients, I guess, like where, where do you have them start? it can feel really overwhelming. I know for me, just even trying to do the technology of the podcast and I'm working on setting up a workshop and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I don't know these tools. I don't know this and I feel feel inadequate and and it stresses me out because I'm also, you know, then, you know, two little boys screaming, mom, mom, mom downstairs. And I've got my regular, all the emails coming in from my regular job. So where do you start for somebody like me, you know, is rolling a lot of balls? I think, um, you know what I'm hearing from you. And I
1: think when a lot of people have either like a passion or a business or something that they know is a calling or something within them, it feels like big to them and it keeps bubbling inside, but it's also then like, that is a whole bunch of creativity and light that needs to come out. And I think, you know, when I'm, Working with clients, like some, you know, financially want to stay in their job, but they want to nurture this other part of themselves. And that can be really exciting. And I think it's really finding like, what is the small step that's going to nurture this process? Like, is it going to be a business? Is it going to be a community? Is it going to be like whatever it is? And just taking like a small step, whether it's in a day or in a week to keep nurturing where it's going because i think that sometimes we think you know a business or things that are like the shiny object syndrome like it all happens very quickly but it doesn't you right. know i right. i've sort of cultivated a board of uh what's it called like i guess supportive directors for my business where i have you know someone from the business side someone from the spiritual side someone that is good at the technical side. And like, I just sort of found these people so I can call upon them when I need help with like the different elements.
0: But how do you do that? Sorry, just, this is where I struggle, like, or I'm trying to balance that. Like, how do you do that when you don't have a budget to start with? Yeah.
1: I mean, um, I didn't go to business school. And so I, you know, I had mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, but there's this great resource called um, SCORE and they have mentors that help people get their businesses started. And what's been great about it is, you know, you can meet with them on like the mechanics of getting your business off, having an LLC, um, getting acquainted with like marketing, uh, webinars, like all sorts of different resources and that's a completely free re- resource.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and I think it's it's networking too. Like it depends on, you know, what you're building or what you're into. But I think there's a lot of different ways to come at it and and finding sort of the support and networks that make sense to yeah. kind of keep moving it along. Like I commend, you know, women and business owners that have full-time jobs and are also building businesses because it is it's a ton. And then you have a family as well. But yeah. I think when you look at it and like, what slice do you want to work on for the moment? Yeah. Um, And try to like work towards that. And then, you know, if there's like a mentor or somebody that can like help you see the big picture, but then drill into the details, you're sort of on your way, you know?
0: Yeah. What, how about the mindset piece around it? I'd love to get your thoughts around like, manifestation is such a buzzword now. And, you know, like putting, I I personally do believe I'm working through my own, I guess, beliefs around manifestation, but I do believe that like the the energy, what you put out into the world comes back. Right. And it may not come back when you want it to, when we start to lose patience, but I think it's not the I think we want—we all want the end game. We all want the end goal. We want the successful business. We want the numbers. We want the profits. We want like the accomplishments, right? But we don't stop to appreciate the journey, appreciate the day to day, and what we're learning. And I, I, that's what I am, am focused on, or what I'm trying to kind of recognize when I see myself going into that like ego mode and, and focusing on the thing or the the. Mm-hmm the object, the the accomplishment instead, like recognize, like, what is that feeling? I talk about this all the time with intention-based spending, but like, what is the feeling behind that, that I want? And how can I incorporate that into my today right now? Yeah, All we have, I don't know what's going to happen in the future.
1: Yeah. I, I have like a really, hopefully a nice example around this. Um, I really believe that in order for us to be able to sort of like give the impact or the the gift that's within us, we have to walk the walk and really be in that space um, to give it real authentic self to to give to the world. And I remember that Uh, you know, like you, I had experienced really difficult burnout and postpartum anxiety and depression with my first two kids. And I vowed that if I ever had a third kid, I was going to do it completely differently. And the reason I'm bringing up this thread is because when Alex was born, I sort of had this thing um, with my mom that I wanted to show her that you know, getting support and aligning everything postpartum and before can really set you up for a better experience in terms of how you show up in life with your kids and all of that. And I pulled in a lot of support for myself during that postpartum period. And I was also building my business in that first year of his life. And I told myself through self talk and just whatever I was going to do that. I was going to take care of myself because I'm walking this walk with this business. And I want to show to other women that I need to be pouring from a more full cup to be able to serve my clients. And so in that postpartum period, I had a postpartum doula come to my house once a week to support me. I was in therapy. I, you know, we have a house cleaner. Um, I was in like sort of like community groups, like reaching out to people to like really support me during these months of the newborn stage and all of that. I really bolstered all those areas that I needed that didn't really happen in my first two experiences. And I and I was healing, you know? Like I also am a big fan of acupuncture. Like my energy was different. I had to go back to pelvic floor therapy, but I front-loaded all of that stuff And now my son is 15 months and I'm still doing all of those little steps on maybe a micro level, but I recognize that like, that's all part of me demonstrating and showing that when you keep your, your, your daily wellness and your like the long game in mind, you're going to show up differently for your family, for your work, for whatever you do. I have three kids under six. Like I do the best I can. It's messy. And some days I don't sleep, like whatever it is, but like those consistent steps and the daily habits are what is going to make this business thrive. And I and I can't go back to like thinking that the way my parents did it, like I, I love my parents so much, but like I'm not going to operate from struggle regarding money or health where I'm going to like gas myself out just to support kids. I want my kids to thrive. So I need to thrive. So it's like, I had to do a big shift on like where the well being piece like moves my business forward.
0: I love that because we were taught martyrdom. We were taught, like, I mean, my mom sacrificed and she told, she will tell you that she sacrificed and she didn't enjoy her life to be perfectly honest, like she didn't, she, she did everything that my dad wanted to do, but she didn't really have her own hobbies or her own, again, like a typical mom just did what she thought she was supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was taking care of everybody else and going along with everybody else. And looking at it now, I realized that, you know, she, she missed out and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to show that to my kids either. Right. Um, Yeah. It's, there's, there's so much, there around the support because i think a lot of us also feel like well maybe we don't have the money to support ourselves and i I think again that goes down that still goes down to those underlying lack beliefs and lack and beliefs in scarcity and it's funny i love acupuncture too i let myself do it two or three times maybe and i haven't done it since because I tell myself, well, that's too expensive and I don't need that. But it's like, as you're talking, I literally got like a visceral reaction to how acupuncture made me feel afterward. Yeah. And it's like, why am I denying myself of those things? That like, yeah. that's the feeling that I'm looking for, that I'm craving. So why can't I, again, use my dollars in alignment with how I want to feel? There's plenty of other things that I, that I do in my life, whether it's taking up time or taking up my money that I don't want to do, right? So right. it's like- balancing and weeding that out. So but I think it's like it's like micro deposits. Like I think wow. about it like right now
1: like when people are burned out, like I see women all the time, the the well in which you have to invest is so huge in the beginning because you're not utilizing it. You're on the hamster wheel. You don't you you haven't practiced well to to serve your your energy, your mind, your soul, like all of those pieces that when you get out of that initial burnout where your well is starting to fill up, it only becomes micro deposits because you've trained yourself. Now, this could be in the form of like many different things in terms of like how to support your well being and of course there would be boundaries there could be making adjustments all of these things, but it's it's beginning and shifting that mindset. Because I think it's also like whatever we focus on grows. Like I think about, you know, my parents when I always just felt like it was always a struggle. Like everything was like yes. a struggle in yes. terms of like, we we don't have enough to pay for X, Y, and Z. But the thing is, is like, if you live like that, that's what's going to grow. Yes. So it's like, I, I want to, the, the better version of myself is I want to step into, I'm grateful for what I have. All the things that are in my life right now came for a reason. And I'm working towards helping and serving more people. And I'm doing that from a place where I can serve because I'm full. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to re-engineer the space of like, okay, that's a story that's coming up of like, you know, I don't have enough or how am I going to pay for this or all of this? But it's like, it's, it's like, all right, how am I going to invest in myself today That's going to make me feel better for like down the line and help to serve me better. And it's like, sometimes it's just, you got to take that leap. You have to take that leap to, to do it, even though it's uncomfortable. And then when you start to see that progress, it, it really shows like, okay, this is where it's at. (laughs)
0: Well, and you have to be all in too, in your head. Like you can't just like say you're going to do something and then not actually do it or do it, but not really get the benefit out of it and not be, you, you have to be, I think every day you have to be like tuned in and wired and like ready to be able to take in joy. Like you just have to be, you have to give yourself permission to, to be happy, right. And to live your life on your terms.
1: But I also think there's like a bigger piece that I think is the overall thread from our chat today too, that in this life, being a working mom with young kids, you have to be seen and you have to really be witnessed in this life because the things that come up, whether it's mindset or our conditioning or whatever it is, I feel like the way to heal and to really be able to like, let those stories be in the room, but not let them scare you is to really be seen. And like, I feel like just in this conversation, it was so healing because it's like, we, we know where these have come from. We're building awareness around it. And now we're trying to build a new way forward.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. And, and same, and I think having these vulnerable conversations, knowing we're not alone, building that community. And to me, it's, I had, um. Dr. Krista Neff on my show a few months ago, and she's like the pioneer in self-compassion research. She said that there's, you know, there's three components to self-compassion. It's kindness, it's mindfulness, and it's common humanity. And that common humanity piece is what was missing for me for so long, especially yeah. during the pandemic. That That's what I was going through uh, or what was missing for me when I was going through all my postpartum stuff and and everything. And it's like, once you realize that you're not alone that other women are going through this and they're struggling just like you are. It it's a game changer, honestly, Mm -hmm. it is. And we all need each other. And I think that's, that's the bottom line is just be kind to each other because you never know what somebody else is going through and you never know when and how, you know, we can support each other. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasure. A, thanks, Megan. Such a great conversation. Before we go, I'd love to have you tell everyone how they can follow you and learn more about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm on all the sort of social media channels. My my Instagram handle is Village Coach Mama, um, and my website is ChristineAnastasia.com. So I look forward awesome. to connecting with you. And thanks so much for having me today.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for being here.